one thing that they they do is they monitor these stocks. Um, you know, you'll see companies come into the S&P 500, you'll see companies leaving it. Um, and so it minimizes your risk by, by spreading it across multiple sectors and multiple stocks. On this episode of Early Bird, Teresa Bedford, personal finance and investing expert and blogger with www.inthegameinvesting.com. Teresa joins the podcast today to talk about core satellite investing and dollar cost averaging, including the pros and cons, as well as advice for getting started with these strategies. If you're an investor looking to stay on top of the latest market trends, then you're listening to the right podcast. This is Early Bird, and I'm your host, Stephen Lerner. Before we get to today's discussion, let me tell you how you can save time and beat the market through Early Bird, a free daily email newsletter featuring commentary about the latest trends in stocks, cryptocurrency, and equity crowdfunding. Early Bird is designed to help individual and non-professional investors stay on top of all of the critical investing trends. The newsletter is 100% free and is sent to your email box each weekday morning. Subscribe to Early Bird for free at www.earlybird.email. Once again, that's earlybird.email. And now, today's discussion. All right, welcome to the Early Bird podcast. Today we have Teresa Bedford coming on the Early Bird podcast. How are you doing today, Teresa? Hi, thanks so much for inviting me. Well, thank you for coming on to the podcast, Teresa. We are going to talk about two of the most, I think, important topics that investors need to learn more about. It's about core satellite investing and the importance of dollar cost averaging, especially what it means for investors today in 2022, given the state of the market. But before we get into that, Teresa, tell the audience a little bit about yourself. If, if, if you have a quick you know, 30-second Reader's Digest biography, please uh, feel free to share it right now. Thanks. So I'm a freelance writer and blogger at In The Game Investing, where I teach people how to manage their money and make strong investments. And I started this because of the money mistakes that I've made over the years and the investing um, mistakes that I've also made. So I'm just here trying to help spread what I've learned to encourage others to do the same. Well, thank you so much for helping people. Uh, definitely check out Teresa's uh, blog, uh, inthegameinvesting.com. It's a wonderful website. Um, but before uh, we kind of get into things, let's talk a little bit about this core satellite investing topic. Um, it's a topic that some investors know about, but maybe uh, some investors who aren't um, seasoned they may be a bit curious about it. Maybe they haven't heard too much about it. Um, Teresa, in, a, in your own words, what is core satellite investing? So core satellite investing is an investment strategy that allows investors to passively invest in indexes that track the broader market, um, such as the S&P 500, while also adding a few positions that they actively manage um, whether that's in an exchange-traded fund or an ETF um, that follows a specific sector of the market, or if they want to actually have some individual stocks. But the core, which is usually at least about 50%, is held in that passively um, passive index, while the other percentages are in the broader market. So 
let's dive into that. When you say passive index, does, does that include uh, exchange-traded funds or ETFs? Absolutely. Um, but the reason that they're passively managed is because it doesn't require um, a fund manager who's picking the stocks that go into it. It's following the index um, that's already um, established. Interesting. So you have a, a mixture of the two. You have the passive investment, which is your core, and then you have these smaller satellite investments, which are more actively managed. And so these could include stocks, I'm assuming? Correct. And it could be actively managed by you because you're doing your research and you're buying companies that you want to own. Or it could be exchange-traded funds that are um, looking at different sectors. You you may have heard of um, some space stocks like Virgin Galactic, um, even um, Astra. Mm -hmm. But you may not feel comfortable buying one of those companies and you want to look into getting... Um, an exchange-traded fund that actually tracks several companies that are working in that space. And that minimizes some of the risk um, because it's spreading out your investment among lots of different individual stocks. Um, and so the core satellite investment strategy allows you to have both. It's the best of both worlds, it sounds like. Um, let's take a deep dive into that. It certainly sounds advantageous to have core satellite investing as a strategy. What are some of the benefits of, of this strategy? It gives you the opportunity to beat the market um, without necessarily having to time the market. Um, but it allows you to feel like an investor, I think. And for me, I like owning companies. I like investing in companies. Um, the... If you stay in exchange-traded funds or index funds, you miss that opportunity to buy a stock from one specific company. And I think there's just something about being an investor um, that I like being able to have that opportunity to buy different companies as well as have my core. Oh, yeah. It's, it's a good mix to have. Uh, what I like about it is that it's almost like a, a set it and forget it option. Um, because you you can you, you invest in the ETF and that's your your core um, and you don't really have to do much work other than can keep contributing to that ETF or the, or those passively uh, passive investments so it's pretty easy to manage um, it, it also keep it's good with you know shareholder expenses um, it doesn't get to be too expensive um, especially when you're dealing with certain types of index funds or ETFs um, the costs generally are low. Um, and it allows you, as you alluded to, Teresa, to get exposure to a, a broad uh, category of investments. That could include a general you know, S&P 500 fund. It could include a specific sector, like you mentioned, uh, space stocks. So um, it, it sounds like there are a lot of benefits when it comes to the strategy. Absolutely. Um, but there are also some disadvantages as well. What are some of the uh, disadvantages associated with the core satellite investment portfolio? I think the biggest disadvantage is that it increases your risk, um, especially if you're buying individual stocks. So there's more of a chance that you can lose money, um, especially if you're not doing your homework to make sure that the companies that you're buying have low debt, good return on the investment. 
Um, so there is more risk of losing money. Um, but when it comes to making profits, the higher the risk, usually the the higher the returns. <laughs> that, that's, and that's the other <laughs> disadvantage. <laughs> the other disadvantage is that this type of portfolio will require more active management on your part. Mm. You have to do some reading about these companies, following up with them um, every quarter to listen to the future projections. I always recommend buying companies that you plan to hold for at least five to 10 years. And so solid companies that you know from day one, I'm less focused on buying um, companies that are just coming to the market like um, IPOs, yeah. those types of things. Um, so it does require a little bit more homework. Um, and I also think it requires you to understand investing and what it means to be an investor. Absolutely. There's research involved. And to your point about, you know, active investing, there are there's a whole graveyard of active fund managers who who failed to beat the market year in and year out. So it certainly can be risky. Active managing of, of, of stocks does come with risks. Um, let's talk about what this might mean in 2022. So far, over two months into the new year and the stock market has not been kind to many investors. Many of the large indexes are down. A lot of stocks are down. Well, what would a core satellite investing portfolio look like in 2022? Well, the majority of the money um, is held in that core. Mm -hmm. And it really, if you stick to that core that's, that's um, following major indexes, it's going to come back up. You know, the S&P is not going to zero and you're still going to have your, your shares. And that's where the, the value comes from is contributing to those shares over time. Mm-hmm. And so you sound pretty optimistic that by having this, the core part of the portfolio, you know, even though the stock market has been down this year, in the long term, it sounds like you're pretty bullish that it, 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 things are going to be fine with the market. Absolutely. You know, because one thing that they, they do is they monitor these stocks. Um, you know, you'll see companies come into the S&P 500. You'll see companies leaving it. Um, and so it minimizes your risk by, by spreading it across multiple sectors and multiple stocks. Good point. When we return, we'll hear from Teresa about her investing mistakes and what these investment strategies might look like in 2022. But first, let me tell you how you could become a more informed investor through Early Bird, a free daily email newsletter. Early Bird has commentary on the latest events and trends in stocks, cryptocurrency, and crowdfunding. With Early Bird's daily weekday email, investors can quickly stay on top of the trends and beat the market. Subscribe to Early Bird for free at www.earlybird.email. Once again, that's earlybird.email. And now, back to today's discussion. So, Teresa, today we're talking about core satellite investing, and we'll get into dollar cost averaging in a second. Um, but before we get into that, you know, you were talking a bit about your background, and, and you do a lot of great work um, as a personal finance writer. Before you got into that, I was wondering what what kind of investing mistakes did you make? I've made a couple. <laughs> um, I think my first investing mistake was 
allowing somebody else, a financial advisor, to manage my money without understanding what they were actually doing. And when when I started investing right after college, so 22 years old, and when the crash started to happen in 2008, 2009, I got pretty nervous seeing my money go down because I didn't understand what mutual funds were. I didn't understand what the index was. And so I pulled my money out, um, you know, and had I kept that in there and and not spent it, you know, as the, the 20, 28 year old I was, um, you know, that would have been probably one hundred or $200,000 by now. Mm. Um, so that was, you know, a big mistake that I made, but I think I've learned from it and it's kind of what set me up to be where I am today. Mm-hmm. The second mistake that I made was purchasing a home um, that was a little outside of my um, budget back in 2006. And mainly because the bank was willing to give the money. It was a nice home. And I still own this home today. And it's actually a rental property of mine because the market, as it was crashing when I finally moved, I couldn't even afford to sell it. So I had to rent it. And I rented it for several years at a loss um, every month. And again, I think that mistake, I've turned it into something positive as I still own this property now and the um, property values have really went up over the last couple of years. Well, you benefited from that indeed. Um, well, thank you for sharing, you know, your background. Sometimes as investors, we have to, you know, get our feet wet and make some investing mistakes in order to really learn from those mistakes and become a better investor. And it seems that you've turned things around. You're educating others with your writing. Um, and I know you're a big proponent. We've talked already about core satellite investing as a strategy, but there's also dollar cost averaging. Um, Teresa, what exactly is dollar cost averaging? Dollar cost averaging is just a, an investment strategy where you're putting in a fixed amount of money over an extended period of time in the same funds or stocks. Mm. It's um, not thinking about how much it's actually, how much the underlying stock is costing at a given time. You're just more focused on um, investing often and regularly. Exactly. It's, it's, you know, it's not about timing the market. It's time in the market. That's the old saying. And dollar cost averaging is a great way to keep investing in those assets that you believe in um, regularly without, uh, you know, how the market's doing, you know. Over time, it will do well. Um, using dollar cost averaging, there are so many benefits. What, what are some of the advantages of dollar cost averaging? I think the biggest benefit is that you don't miss out on investing. When people try to time the market, they often are too scared to invest when it's dropping and just don't want to invest when the market is going higher. So with dollar cost averaging, it's fixed. You don't have to think about it. And it's, you know, just keeps you focused on the long term. Absolutely. Uh, One thing I like about dollar cost averaging is, you know, investors can sometimes get emotional, especially if the price of stocks go up or down. With dollar cost averaging, you throw out all the emotions. You just focus on the logic. And you don't have to worry about timing the market, which can more often than not be sometimes be a bad decision. Um, But with any strategy, dollar cost averaging has its disadvantages as well. 
Um, what do you think are some of the disadvantages associated with dollar cost averaging? Well, I think dollar cost averaging comes with sometimes you buy at the high mm. um, and you're going to see that, you know, literally the very next day after you made your purchase that the price goes down. However, over time is the more important thing um, and to not miss out on investing, keeping cash um, while inflation is going up is not helping. Absolutely. Uh, you got to think of that bigger picture that you're alluding to. Um, the, the one disadvantage I kind of find with dollar cost averaging, and, and you know, I'd love to hear your opinion on this as well. For me, dollar cost averaging doesn't change the fact that you still have to do research into finding good investments that may occasionally time the market. Um, you still have to be able to pick and, and choose good investments and avoid the bad ones. Um, and so, uh, you know, what do you make of that? The, is, is there really a, a way you can sort of balance the two out where you have dollar cost averaging, you invest regularly no matter what, but also you still got to do the research to find good investments, right? Absolutely. You know, and, and I'm a firm believer that you have to understand your investments no, what, no matter if you are actively managing it or if you have a financial advisor that's helping you. Hmm. Um, you know, as far as... If you're, if you're looking to buy a good company, um, you know, let's take Apple, for instance. Mm -hmm. um, I do own shares of Apple and, um, you know, I don't plan on making any, any changes in that um, anytime soon. I am long in Apple. Um, so I, I don't necessarily think that I have to wait till I see Apple going down because I know that 10, 20 years from now, it's going to be higher than what I purchased right now. And typically, you know, when you see these price changes, you know, we're usually talking less than, you know, $50. Mm. And if you're only buying one or two shares at a time, you know, we're not talking about a whole lot of money. However, if you stay on the sidelines, you know, just waiting for that perfect opportunity, you could miss out on everything. And so I think that investors, all investors, including those who are investing in their 401k or 403b, need to do their homework um, and start that dollar cost averaging as soon as possible. You mentioned a few stocks on the show, Apple. Uh, you mentioned, I believe, Virgin Galactic earlier. Well, in 2022, you know, looking at, you know, core satellite investing and dollar cost averaging, what might a portfolio look like in 2022 that embraces those strategies? Um, you know, for myself, I keep about 70% um, in the S&P 500 and the NASDAQ. Mm -hmm. And then I have um, probably 10 stocks that I have handpicked from research I've done and a couple that are, you know, what I would consider speculative, um, meaning the companies aren't profitable yet. However, I see them in 10 to 20 years as a company that is innovative and going to change the market. Um, and so I invest in those. But, you know, for the most part, especially given, you know, how unpredictable the market is, I try to keep my portfolio diverse with the um, bulk of it in an index fund. Well, that's a good strategy to have. 
Um, let's say you're an investor and you're new, but you want to get started with core satellite investing as well as uh, dollar cost averaging. Um, what advice would you have to those investors who want to start off with that? First, get a budget. Um, figure out how much money you have, how much money you need to live, and how much money you have left to save and invest. And then start paying yourself first and investing in the, um, the, the portfolio that you want to have. Now, one thing about ETFs versus mutual funds that most people don't realize is mutual funds are slightly easier because you don't actually buy shares um, that trade on the market. And, and by that, I mean, when you buy stocks or ETFs, you generally have to buy the entire um, share. And so if VU, for instance, is, you know, going for over $300 um, a share, you may not have $300 to be able to put in it. And so back in the day, people would buy mutual funds because you could just put $30 towards your mutual fund. However, today you can still have that portfolio with exchange traded funds and individual stocks where you buy fractional shares through companies like Charles Schwab or Robinhood. Um, and so paying yourself first, buying fractional shares if you have to, um, and then doing your homework to actually understand what you're buying and why is, is where I would start. Good strategy, good advice. Um, Teresa, thank you so much for coming on the Early Bird Podcast and explaining about core satellite investing and dollar cost averaging. Before we wrap up the show, I just have one question, one final question, and it's the big question of today's discussion. Uh, the question is, in a zombie apocalypse, which three people would you want with you? <laughs> three people... Um, definitely my mom and my sister and the third person. Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> I would say he totally have me stumped. <laughs> what about Warren Buffett? How, how about him? Would he, would he fare well during a zombie apocalypse? You know, I don't, I don't know because once it's just the three of us, I'm not sure how important investing is going to be. So I probably would want somebody who could like build something, you know, so we have a home and they can go out and help us with the farm, that type of thing. <laughs> Thank you again to Teresa Bedford for sharing your insights on core satellite investing and dollar cost averaging. And thank you to everyone for listening to today's discussion. We'll be back next week for another episode of Early Bird. Have a great day. Mm -hmm.